It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. Back for another week of the Hockey Buzzcast. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Some news on suspensions. Some other things we'll we'll talk over the next hour. Uh, Russ, I um, I have a couple pre-show things, but if you have anything, go ahead and start. I do. So Blake Snell, who uh, really good pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, won the Cy Young this, this past season, and for his trouble, he got a fifteen thousand five hundred dollar raise <laughs> for winning the Cy Young. Now. He, he gave the right comments. He said, hey, it's part of collecting bargaining, and hey, it's a business, and Allie thinks so too, and all of that. But Allie's our only cat here. She's about 14. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you as an organization don't do something for that guy and you just give him 15500 and watch him quote and say, I'm disappointed, but I get it, Good luck in four years when you actually want to keep him as a player. Yeah, I, I told Russ when I heard that, I said, if I was him, I'd pitch this year. And if I pitched a good year, I would basically tell Tampa management, um, I'm not going to make a big stink out of this, but I will never pitch another inning for you again unless you rene- renegotiate my contract. And if you don't want to do that because I have no leverage, then trade me right bleeping now. You know, you're a cheap cheap ass organization you've been that way that's the only way you survived and you know i have to say you know they had 90 wins last year with a with a shoestring budget so yeah. if they want to do that they're successful at it but if i'm a pitcher and and i like snell who want to sign young with them i'm like give me some money i deserve it so anyway um Okay, talk about the injustices of the U.S. justice system. And this is this is uh, I bring this up because it's a former baseball player, a former athlete, um, Esteban Loiza, who pitched for a number of teams, including the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Um, he was busted, and this was recently. I think it was a couple, maybe a couple years ago. And I had lost track of the story, but he got busted for having not a gram, not a couple grams. How about forty-four? pounds of cocaine in his i think it was in his car if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it right right yeah it's like you know like if i'm gonna go i'm gonna go nate newton i'm gonna have 200 kilos of hash there he's got the giant cup like i get it's the big gulp this is the big gulp of cocaine so anyway 44 pounds of cocaine and you would think that he's gonna go to jail for like uh, 250 years or something ridiculous like that. There, there you go. Super, super big golf. Um, you would think he's going to go to jail forever. I don't know if it was a plea bargain. It had to be a plea bargain. He was, uh, he was found guilty and, and was sentenced to three years in jail. If there was, this was some Jamoke on the street that was caught with 44 pounds of, of cocaine, that guy would be gone for 50 years. Oh, yeah. Mike, it's just always a plausible story of why you have 44 pounds of smoker <laughs> in your car. Like, I mean, you get a yeah. good lawyer and you tell the story. Wait, yeah, you just say, you know what? I needed a lot of Tylenol and codeine because I had a really bad cold. I got the codeine, but I'm, I was going to get the Tylenol. That's what the explanation is. <laughs> come on please oh, oh my anyway russ do you have anything else sir <laughs> no i'm just laughing because uh, i put up a picture of uh bro door on my uh it came up as like a time hop thing king richard ago, and he's got this like you know like like kind of a business businessy kind of face and people putting comments it was making me laugh no i'm ready to start the show i'm okay, good just just one other thing um I now realize that I'm completely completely and utterly addicted to my phone or at least attached to it. I don't wear a watch anymore, so this is my watch. And I forgot my phone this morning when I went out for my morning coffee. And three-quarters of the way to getting my morning brew, I realized that my, my phone was not on my person. And not that I was in any kind of panic, but I 
basically like was sitting there waiting, you know, drinking my coffee and essentially saying, I, you know, I, like I didn't know what to really do with myself with the, for the fifteen or twenty minutes that I didn't have my phone thumbing through so Twitter. So you were your grandfather for fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I I'm sorry, I have to be. I, I'm a multitasker, so I have to be doing something while I'm drinking coffee. So anyway, okay. Uh, Hello, hockey world. Today is Monday, March eleventh, twenty nineteen. I'm Peter Tessier. Uh, remotely uh, reporting in balmy Winnipeg, or I wish it was balmy Winnipeg. Jeez. Russ Cohen from Sportsology had my window down, 53 degrees and sunny. Thank you. And I'm Michael Agello, and I'm freezing my gonads in Buffalo, <laughs> New York, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, okay, we'll start with some uh, suspension news and uh, some interesting things that spring from that. <laughs> Um, first, the, the uh, Jakub Voracek uh, suspension. It was two games uh, for a hit on Johnny Boychuk of the Islanders. Um, now, I saw the replay, Russ, um, and I thought it was, you know, I thought it was justified. I mean, there's some debate about that, and apparently uh, the Flyers are disputing and appealing the suspension, probably because they think that their faint playoff hopes, which are faint, folks, faint. Yep. Uh, are, are lessened by the loss of one of their better forwards. But what did you think of the uh, the suspension? Well, I mean, I saw things like, well, he backed into him. Yeah, he backed into him, and then he elbowed him in the head. A headshot's going to get you a game in this league now. Now, I get the two games, right? They should knock it down to one because of the Malkin stick swinging. I get that. Voracek doesn't really have any kind of record. So knock it down a game, be done with it. It's like people's court at this point. Yeah, and – I mean, and it's funny because I got a message from someone who says, Mike, why do you hate the Flyers so much? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't hate the Flyers. I just, I think that this, this whole thing about, uh, you know, them being in the playoff race, it, it's, it's, I mean, honestly, I, I still don't think that they have a realistic chance. What is the percentage? Five or 6% right now. And, and, you know, but, but according to some other beat writers should be 15 or 20. I won't name who that is. Yeah, right. It's like, I mean, okay. It, it, you it, can't change the math. You can change the strength of schedule. Like maybe, you know, that changes over the next week and a half based on how a team is with injuries. But sure. it's not going to ever change that much. Right. It, and then that, go ahead, Peter. I was just going to say, I just finally looked at the hit. What did he get two games for? For, for being prepared. But he doesn't even look like the elbow touches him. Oh, it, like yeah. it knocked him down. I don't know, man. That's pretty weak. Okay. Like, you see where his elbow is, and his head hits his back first. So unless Boychuk and all his gear can literally do yoga stuff, I, I'm just not sold on that. And the problem is I'd like to see another angle from looking at Boychuk, like, in the front of him, because the one I've seen doesn't really show okay. conclusively anything. But you know what? If you're going to start call, if you're going to suspend guys for two games for elbowing, you're going to have a lot of guys suspended. That's true. Because, like, the, the, and the, the, the problem really, like, and I saw Anthony Mangione's tweet about this, and I wasn't sure, but I think he had a nice way of saying it. Like, it's surprising, it's odd. I'm not sure if that's the right thing. And he was very balanced about it. Yeah. And the interesting thing about this is, is again, I think people could handle a two game suspension if this was consistent in any way, shape, or form with all the other garbage we see. And so Voracek's is paying the price for really not doing much of anything that isn't already done. True, but if you also see after that play, when Boychuk does get up, and he's also a guy that I believe has had a lot of concussions, he pointed at Voracek and said, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Now, he should get a call too. Absolutely. Out now threatens the guy on the ice – so now everybody's writing. I see a meme today, like you know WrestleMania two weeks in Philly, and they put Voracek on one side and Boychuk on the other. Like now the league is going to have to worry about this escalating yeah. because they didn't do anything on the Boychuk part. Yep. Do we, I mean do we realize though how 
how minuscule this is compared to some of the stuff that happened in, in this league more than you know 15 or 20 years ago. I mean, it's funny because yeah, I was I, I was I was watching. I was my 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 brother told me about some video and I I, I looked at it and it was a it was a uh, a Leafs Chicago game back in 1990 where Stu Grimson basically went bonkers, yeah. lost it, lost his mind, and was chasing. Uh, like Bob Helkitis and Wendell Clark and other Leaf players of the time around the ice, and just as like Mike Keenan grabbed grabbed a hold of him to keep him in control, uh, one of the Leaf players broke loose, and Grimson went attacking like every Leaf on the ice, like it was like it was uh, just a mad. A, a madman loose. And I'm like, if that happened now, that player would be suspended for 30 games. Go look up the 81 Kings Rangers game where I, Nick Patino is in the crowd. Oh, in I, Russ, I showed him that video right after that when he's, when he's ragdolling the, the, yeah. the Kings third string goalie, Paul Pajot, who's the, the crowd. He was in the crowd. <laughs> I mean, he's beating him up against the glass, and Jim Gordon and Bill Chadwick are going absolutely bonkers. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't even care about that long ago. I care about two months ago because right. there's the same kind of crap going on that isn't. Look at what Malkin's gotten away with. Mm -hmm. Like, it, well, it I did bring up Malkin. I did when when it was brought yeah. up. I brought that up and said yes. That, yeah, that's fair to look. But there's other guys too. I'm just using big names. Yeah. So if Voracek isn't deemed. But look, he's not Malkin level. But if he's not deemed to be of significant hierarchy and the skilled player hierarchy, it gets you off of things, then what are you looking at? That's well, what I don't that, understand. Well, it's ironic because the two guys that got suspended, I mean, I don't think Voracek's a superstar, but he's a really good player. Yep. Jack, Jack, Jack Eichels is close to a superstar as the Sabres have, and yep. he got suspended. And the thing the thing about this, I mean, the, the suspension was justified for the hit that he laid on Soderbergh. But anybody who watched that game, before this hit, he got crunched against the glass up high by Nikita Zadorov, and Zadorov is a big dude. He's six five, six six, and he hit Eichel with I think it was a forearm right up against the glass and shoved his head into the glass. I think all he got was a two minute minor, and then later on Eichel's penalty back for another oh, week. I hit a button. Sorry. Oh, okay. You know, earlier or yeah, earlier in the game that happened, Eichel, and then Eichel hits Soderberg. And he, it looked like he was going for the puck, and they were both going for the puck. And when they when they crossed, he hit Soderberg right on the jaw and right in the right in the head. So it was it was head contact, principal point of contact, and that's why he got suspended. But you know, nothing happened with the other hit, and I don't know if this was retribution or if this was just you know coincidence. But yeah, I, I, I think why why didn't Zadorov get called? Like people are asking. Do we think teams get away with other stuff? I don't think teams do. I know players do. Sure. And sure, it's every I, sport, every sport on earth, go watch it, and you'll find that stars of that sport get away with whether it's you know traveling in basketball, whether it's you know you figure it out. The number, you know, did Mark Messi get called for every elbow he ever laid? No. I mean, there's plenty of guys. There's a I've said it. I've said it forever, Peter. Alex Ovechkin. And I don't remember if he's ever been suspended. He should have been suspended at least four or five times in his career for the crap that he's done. I think he has been suspended yeah. once. Maybe, maybe once. Yeah, maybe so once. But let, 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 just because I think there's a, a recent compare comparison here, which hit was worse, McDavid's or Voracek's? No, McDavid. 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 So did Mc, did McDavid deserve more time? No, Voracek deserved less. That's the way so, I. What's that? I say no. McDavid probably didn't deserve more time, but that's why Voracek deserves less. I think I think exactly. McDavid deserved what he got because it was it was his first it was a first time offense. Right. Now, if he does that again, then he's you know I think the NHL will be hesitant to throw the book at him because it's McDavid, and that's where I have the problem. There is definitely a a sort of a star a star favorability system that nobody wants to really talk about, but I think that 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 is the case. And if he does that again, he might not get suspended as much as somebody who is more of a role player, you know, because he is Connor. I mean, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, Connor McDavid got suspended for two games. 
you know, and everybody was like, well, you know, he's not going to miss the game in Toronto. I'm like, no, if he does, if the hip deserved a five game suspension, then he should be suspended for five games, no matter who the hell he is. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's let's we we're, we talked about this before we uh, started recording. Um, I know that on the um, on the uh, Saturday night headlines, they brought up the uh, GM search in Edmonton. It sounds like you know it's going to be a long and drawn out process. From what I heard uh, from other reporters, uh, Bob Nicholson was talking to any general manager he could get his hands on at the GM meetings in Florida, not to recruit them, but to basically ask for their opinion on where he should go. Um, you know, names like Kelly McCrimmon have been popping up. Um, Keith Gretzky right now is sort of the interim. doesn't sound like he's going to be one of the candidates, but uh, Peter, you were talking about somebody else who might be in the mix. So one of the things I saw pop up on Twitter today was a conversation between Jonathan Wilson, Jason Greger. Uh, Willis of the Athletic and Jason Gregor, I believe, is he's he writes for the Oilers Nation. He also does some other stuff in the media there. What Gregor was saying that one name that probably isn't being considered is Mike Gillis. Um, and he made a point that he's the kind of guy that Edmonton doesn't want to consider. Um, I should actually read the tweet that I read, but the point being here is Gillis, if, if you're looking at an organization that has made the playoffs once since, since the second lockout of 2005, 2004-05, I had, or sorry, twice, let's be honest, because they went to the finals at twice in that time. And, You've had the number one draft, number one overall draft pick three times, and you're in the top five, something like eight. And you, this is where you are in your franchise. Four the, times. The, four times. The, the point, you, you're doing, there's something fundamentally wrong in your organization. So if you're dismissing people who think differently, you, not only is your process flawed, of how you analyze information, you're not even giving yourself the opportunity to hear information that you can learn from to help make yourself better. Mm -hmm. And that's like, Russ, you'll know this from business as well as I do. Outright groupthink where you dismiss things that challenge what you understand is super stressful, but it's also some of the most valuable things because you should be questioning the way you think. Because yeah. you, you're not learning anything by being right. And the problem with the Oilers is they're not learning anything by being wrong. Right. And look, Mike Gillis is a lot of things. But what he is is someone who thinks differently. And the Oilers can't continue to think the way they did. One of Gregor's points was that Gillis kind of inherited a, a strong roster and lineup. But what did Shirelli inherit? What did everyone in Edmonton inherit? And what have they done? And this is, this is the point that if you're dismissing Gillis's work because he inherited a strong roster, Torelli inherited a generational talent. And what did he do after he got it? Nothing. And, and, and so this is the problem I see with, with the Edmonton scenario. And the Edmonton scenario is bigger than just the team. It's the entire sort of encompassing coverage and belief of Edmonton and there's already media out there going to bat for Keith Gretzky saying well he should deserves a chance we've heard good things about him from rival GMs well if I'm a rival GM and I know there's a guy who's incompetent in here I'm telling my I'm telling the mouthpiece <coughs> Jim Matheson um, <laughs> in, in Edmonton that he's doing a great job right what did it, what did Keith Gretzky do that was a great job leading up and at the trade deadline nothing nothing you can't you, you this is their problem is that you believe each other because you're too tied into each other who's the person in edmonton who is the bad idea guy who is the contrarian who presents other logical sound arguments for discussion you don't have to be right but you need the discussion well, this is this is the problem with what's going on in Edmonton, and I I don't have any great grand insight into in the machinations of of their management structure, but I've heard enough commentary about the alumni, about 
the Paul Coffees and the Kevin Lowe's and the Gretzky's and everybody else that is that has an input with Daryl Cates because Daryl Cates, uh, you know, loves those old Oiler teams and values their opinions. And, and, and you know, that's all fine and good. But when they are giving you contradicting info from what your general manager is trying to do in terms of directing your franchise, then you don't know where the hell you're going. And if I think the first thing that they have to do is if they hire a general manager, let him be the general manager. Don't let all these voices steer you in one direction or the other. And if he fails, he fails, but it's not because his message didn't get through or not because, you know, he didn't get a chance to implement what he believed in. It's all because there's, all these mixed signals going on. So, I mean, I think that's got to be changed completely before anybody gets hired, Russ. Okay. I, I agree with that. And if they want to go a step further, you know, Anthony asked the question in the chat room, do I think Hextall would be a good pick, good choice? And I do get Ron Hextall, get Chris Pryor, go look at the Flyers drafts, go tell me how they've been when they were there together. They're terrific. And as an example, like Farabee, I think is the second highest scoring college freshman this year. Right. Morgan Frost is leading the OHL, right, in scoring. Right. Go hit Carter Hart. They got in the second round. I didn't even think Carter Hart would be available when the Flyers drafted. Yeah. He was, right. and they nailed him. Go look at those picks. That's what the Oilers need. And they yeah. need someone who is unwavering, and they need him to let him complete that mission. Because if you if you look at if you look at their drafts, Yes, they've hit on their first round picks. Not just, I mean, they they, they missed they missed on Yakupov, because but I think that was more developmental than anything. But Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Taylor Hall, their first picks they hit on. Other first round picks, Darnell Nurse, Clefbaum, they hit on. Uh, we we would think that maybe uh, Yamamoto will. We don't know about Pulleyar because of his injury problems. But then look after that. Look at their second through seventh rounds. They have absolutely friggin' nothing. Yeah. And that's and that is. I mean that what that means is you have to keep going out outside to other organizations and blow six million bucks a, a year on a over on, a, on an aging slow Milan Lucic as a support structure rather than being able to call up guys uh, from your minors and yeah. and promote internally and I'll tell you something right now the game on Saturday where Edmonton played Toronto the Leafs dominated that game for 58 minutes the Oilers scored two goals in the last minute and 40 seconds and had a chance to tie it. And who did Connor McDavid have to pass it to for a, for the game tying goal? And he, and he got stopped Zach Cassian. If it was, if it was anybody with any kind of skill, that game would have been tied. You mean like Taylor That's, Hall? And that is a great point. I always go back to like on the power play and otherwise, how many points would McDavid have if when he passes the puck, it didn't go to die. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, and, and this is the Oilers. Like, I mean, I think what people are forgetting is, is that there's no easy fix for the Oilers. No. And there was no easy fix for the Flyers after some of Holmgren's moves and contracts. And right. it took someone like Ron to be incredibly patient, incredibly detailed, and work a lot of different problems at the yeah. same time. Edmonton has the exact scenario. And you have to have someone who can give your owner a reason to say just like Ron did, um, Ron did about uh, Brisgala, and get them out of those things. And right. you're going to have to do it with Lucic, and you're going to have to. And and but the problem is, it's not just hey, we got to buy him out, we got to buy him out here, and just keep calling him up every day to Daryl Cates and say we got to buy him out. You got to present whole argument of how that solves your problem, what you're going to do, and how this sunk cost will be returned later on. Well, if it, anyone wants to argue that about Ron Hextall, they should just stop. They should just log off because well, the, that's the, exactly what he did, and that's exactly what the Oilers need. Well, the the, the funny thing is, I know that the, I've heard some commentary regarding what Edmonton should do, and there was a lot of uh, well, well, do what Toronto did with Robida Island, and like, okay, well, you have to have your owner buy into the fact that he's going to be paying out money for guys who won't be playing, and that means you know, Milan Lucci, hey Milan. You've got an ACL injury. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You're going to get your money, but you've got an injury. And we're, you're never going to play for us again. So either you take your money or we buy you out. And we, yeah. if you buy you out, you only get two-thirds of the money that you're owed. But if you play ball and you basically sit for the next three years, you'll get your money. That's what the Leafs did. The Leafs 
flexed their financial mus muscle to get rid of Dion Phaneuf, to to move Phil Kessel, to to buy, get themselves out of other situations. Edmonton will have to do that. And if they pussyfoot around and they don't do that over the next couple of years, all they're doing is perpetuating the mediocrity and the and the the cluster F that has been the Oilers for a number of years. Yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely. So yeah. Now, okay. Let, let's talk about one of the games last night. Um, the Boston Bruins. My God, they finally lost in regulation. Who beat, uh, for, Mike? Who beat them? The um, let's see. It's a team from Western Pennsylvania that somebody on this panel said was going to make the playoffs. I, I don't lock. remember. They are a lock. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Uh, there was a four to two score that was not that end of the 19 game uh, consecutive point streak of the Bruins. Um, now I, I saw, I just saw before the show, looking up some things, Matt Grizzly got hurt for the Bruins, which might be a big loss for them because he's, I, been, be I don't know how serious the injury was. I just saw it. But uh, I mean, Russ, the funny thing is, is that they're only four points up on Toronto after that long streak. So, it's very possible, and I, I, I think you know if Boston continues to play at this level, not 19 in a row, but if they keep winning, that they'll have home ice advantage in the first round. But it's still a race. It's still close. It's still a race. It's it's interesting to me because when did when is Pasternak coming back? They you know they have really haven't they they really haven't seen anything on it. Yeah, the two weeks was right after the deadline. So the deadline was two weeks ago. And uh, so right now it's four weeks and there hasn't been any notification on uh, Pastor. Like, I'll look it up as we're as we and welcome back points, to the show. How many, points does, hey, hey, how many points does Charlie Coyle have as a Bruin? I think it's zero, right? One. One. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Donato's not doing too shabby with He's the, got like nine points, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but you're, not, but you're not sure. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the Bruins had a great streak, and now it's now it's over. But now we now we want to see what happens now because usually when a team has a long streak like that, um, it'll sort of go the other way a little bit. And I like I I said last week when it was Toronto who had three games on the road and Boston had three games at home that what the race was after that. Would be would be a determining if the if the Leafs still had a chance for second place because the Bruins play I think they have 13 games left now and they play nine of the last 13 on the road. Uh, the Leafs are four points behind with a game in hand and they play Tampa tonight, which will not be easy. But it's still within it's still within distance. And if Boston sort of comes back to the pack a little bit, then I think we have a race going down the last three and a half to four weeks of the season. If not, then the Leafs better get prepared for the crucible known as TD Garden in Boston. All right, hey, what's going on? Hey, everyone, how you guys doing? Um, sorry for being late. Um, I did make a change in the in the shirts thing for those of you in the chat room. We want to try to figure it out where you guys here. Um, and uh, I'm wearing my ex attic, so I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit. I actually have an ex attic for you guys today. Which is pretty funny. I think I, I know which one. I think I know which one it is. You think you know which shirt I changed? Yes. All right, hold off on that thought. Okay. We'll see, see, if, we'll see if somebody else guesses it. Yep. Yep. It should be pretty uh -huh. easy. I don't think I've had this shirt up there before. I think I'll type it in the. I'll type it in the chat just so I can lock in my selection here. It's not the Blazers jersey. I couldn't even guess. But anyway, so um, but I, yeah. Um, oh, can I? Let me just talk about my ex gadget ex ex thing real quick because um. So this is a um this shirt. You know, like I'm a big fan of third jerseys, and I kind of like this one. I'm gonna back up a little bit so you can see it better. All right. Okay, so here we go. So this is my um. Oh God! This is the Islanders. This is a Tavares jersey. Okay. So <laughs> we didn't know. We couldn't tell. All right, right. But this is that you know third jersey they had last year. Pretty cool. I like this jersey. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, like the NY could be a little bigger. The NY could be a little bigger. Kind of white, like makes it look like you're wearing a dress shirt type thing up now, there. Now, isn't that the one rust that they wore at Yankee Stadium? Yeah. The NY's got to be like fifty percent smaller. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, I like this jersey. When it came out, I saw it. I looked for it. You know, I thought I'm like, this is kind of cool. I have this. But I want to throw this out there. This is the first Helen, time in my entire life that I've Helen worn an Keller could, Helen Keller could tell that he's wearing an NY. I know that. I've, I know. I've never worn an Islanders jersey in my entire life. The youth person of me who at 12 years old watched that goal go in in overtime in the Stanley Cup Finals would destroy me for wearing this jersey. But anyway. Mm -hmm. So you might ask yourself, how much would you pay for a John Tavares third jersey? No. Um, and why would I buy such a thing? 
Um, so anyway, I what it, you know, I you know these jerseys when they came out, third jerseys usually pretty expensive. It was like two hundred and eight. 30 bucks or something like that. You know, kind of crazy. This is like the real deal. This is an official jersey. So I went on someone someone tipped me off on this. It's pretty funny. This is one of our viewers. Five, and they five, five bucks. What do you think? Five bucks? I mean five, it is five, it, because it's because okay, it, because it's an islander it's player, right? So when a player is no longer there, but it is Tavares, and Tavares right, is like no, no, he's hated now. Yeah. That's, he's that's hated like, Islanders fans. That's an excellent point. Yes. Um <laughs> So that, that does bring the price down. Let's think about that. Um, I think they would charge more for Tavares toilet paper because then people, the Islanders fans, could put it to what they think is good use. Yeah, I mean, so let's get in the chat room. What do you guys think? You know, like, what do you think this would be worth? Um, so anyway, for me, for me, who has a jersey collection, this will be a cool thing to hang up in the background. This will look good back there, right? So I'm not going to buy – I'm not going to pay over, like, 100 bucks for this or anything like that. That would be crazy. So – um, but I remember it was. I remember when it was two hundred fifty bucks, and so then. So, what here, so check this out. Here we go. And then we'll move on with the show. Sorry, this is, I know it's kind of. I think it's kind of funny. But anyway, all right. So I'm going to show you guys this. So I go into this. I, someone tips me off on this. I'm like, oh, this is kind of crazy. So it is. Here it is. So I'm like, okay, so it's hundred bucks. I'm like that's not bad, but that but that that's still that. Uh, that's a, that's a size large. So I clicked on. Extra large. So I get all of my jerseys in extra large hockey jerseys because you, know, you never know if I'm going to wear them in an outdoor game or something, right? Over top of my stuff. You got extra large. It goes down to fifty nine ninety seven. <laughs> but I swear to God, you guys, when I bought this and I should have screenshotted it, it was twenty nine ninety seven. All right, so maybe it's because and they had like you know there were seven available. I think now there's like down to four available, but it was well, extra material on the extra large. Yeah, it should be more. But if you've looked at it more than once, the price can fluctuate based on your um, browser history. That's right, what right. Exactly. It went up. So looking at like, yeah, you know, but, extra but, large goes up to 100 bucks again. But that's the only but, size that was crazy cheaper. But if the extra if the extra material makes it cheaper, then a Dustin Bufflin jersey should be free. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought for twenty nine ninety seven. You know. Sure. Well, I said forty for thirty bucks. You got a deal. I mean, it's worth hanging it in the background for thirty bucks you know, to make. So because it's unique, so I like to. I'm going to wear it today just because I've never worn an Islanders jersey in my life. But it might, good I might take it off at any point. Nor have you ever been a captain, but now you are. I have been a captain. <laughs> I'm captain of this show. Rest oh, oh, that's why. I, that's why. I, that's why when we're off the air, I, I request you always. You guys only refer to me as captain. That's <laughs> Captain. Amongst other things, <laughs> <laughs> my face, Captain. <laughs> captain EO. Right. Wait, Captain EO is Captain. Yeah. What are you talking about? No, nah, Captain EO is a fraud. Um, all right, so <laughs> let's um, all right. <clears throat> what did we talk about so far, guys? I guess suspensions. Oh, the suspensions. Yeah, suspensions. That's my two suspensions. Um, I think that um. I mean, it's, it's it's two games are fine, right? But I think that at the end of the day, <laughs> when you put fifteen dollars in the dead hilarious that you pay fifteen dollars for it, Mike. All right, it's not you're wrong, Mike. You're wrong about the jersey that's behind me. This has changed. Okay. Um. All right. So okay, here we go. Um, looking at both these suspensions in depth, the first one, you know, Eichel, it's a, it's a race for the puck. Eichel's Eichel's doing the whole like you know thing you're taught to do as a hockey player, get position. He's trying to get position. Um, Soderberg has a really low skating, you know, he's skating stride. He's trying to he's trying to keep up with Eichel, who's pretty. He's got legs that are 20, 20 times longer than his, right? And he's trying to keep up with him, and he's skating. And I think it's a dirty play because Eichel hits his hits his shoulder into his head. But at the same time, I don't think it was mean. It was, I don't think the intentions were horrible. And I think this, and I think that he was really just trying to get position. They were moving so fast, that he, and and Soderberg was where he was. Um, I thought two reigns was fine. But I, I would have been okay with one. You know, I, I always say with these with these decisions, Jack, and, and again, everybody always says, you know, that the NHL is wrong, the department stinks. Go go tell George Paros in person. I want to sit there and watch you tell that to George Paros in person yeah. for one yeah. thing. But the other thing is, just kidding, but the other thing is you can never tell intent. And yeah. Whether it you know the person, you know, like Michael's not gonna try to hurt. No, I know, no, no. But I'm just saying, guys do lose their cool. But this is why I think you always and and they don't do this. I will preface it by saying they don't do this. But that's why I always say whether he meant to do it or not, he still did it and deserves some sort of suspension 
because the act happened. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, I always tell you, like, if I tripped in, you fell on your face and broke your nose, you might say, oh, I know you didn't mean to do it, but your nose is still broken. The act is still happening. If it was Mike, I really wouldn't be sure if he right. did mean to do it or not. But this is Eichel we're talking about. So um, Eichel's an honorable guy. Yeah. Um, so um, I think that in this case, no, <laughs> Mike's a very honorable guy, I'm going to say. But I think that Eichel, I don't think this was on purpose. Now, okay, that's the that one. I don't know what what was your determination on because I don't want to waste everybody's time. But you determined that you guys thought this was a fair suspension for Eichel. I th- I think it was. I I don't think it was intentional that he was going for Soderberg's head. What I was Soderberg six three and Eichel six two. I apologize. I didn't realize Soderberg was taller. Yeah, than but Soderberg, Soderberg was was leaning forward. He was, he was using that down stride. He was leaning like down. But but the, the the thing was, and I I pointed it out was the fact that. Michael got slammed by Nikita Zadorov earlier in the game. Not that it was okay. retribution, but I was like okay. I think he was yeah, I think he was right. looking I think he was looking to throw a hit. I think he just wasn't looking to target Soderberg's head. I think he was looking to make a legitimate hit and he just missed. Now on the Vora check before we move on. Um, you know, and people are gonna kill me because I'm a Flyers fan or whatever and say this. But um this the way the way they described it in the player safety thing was really weird to me because they first of all they're like this is interference and yes it is interference but you know this was a situation where Boychuk's going hard for the puck the puck was thrown around it was the puck is not even close to them they keep saying the puck is less than half of a second oh, there. I mean the pucks are, this is a hard wraparound that's arriving to them in a millisecond time um Boychuk turns around Boychuk is coming full tilt at him um and what Boychuk basically did is um if you know if, if this rule was being applied to Peter Forsberg, Forsberg would have been suspended every other game. This was a Peter Forsberg play, right? This is Forsberg bracing himself, and yeah, he does lean in back. But you gotta you gotta lean back if you're bracing yourself. Um, to and Wojciech's trying to run him. Um, because to end race for the puck, I don't see I don't think I don't see anything Wojciech could have done any differently on that play actually. You know, and and how you get suspended for like. And the point of contact is your head, but if the point of, if if that's your shoulder blade hitting someone's he head in the head though he did, but it's yours, but it's his back. How can no, even you could back into any play you want to? You still don't have to hit the guy's head. There wasn't extra movement there. There was. How do you control okay. that when a guy's skating at you full speed? And he's skating into your back. The argument is that you're responsible for your body and Correct. what it does. And so since, then don't put it there. Right. If you if if you're by like if you if you hit somebody in the head with your butt, you're gonna get suspended. Well, but that's you what you're skating towards him. He was stationary. I mean, I mean, he's like it's like Wojciech skating into him, and I'm not trying to say that you know, and he did move back a little bit, okay, but he was moving back from a stationary position, so it's not like there's a whole lot of power All going right, on with take the other side. Take the other side for a second, because I I even said on New York Radio, I felt like the league should have called Boychuk because you can't threaten a player like that on the ice and say I will get you. Now, if Boychuk yeah. felt like it was innocuous, there's no way he is going to act the way he acted. He's not that kind of guy. But no, I think there, there probably was something else going on here, but there it was really else at play there because he said, I'm going to get you. And now in two weeks, I guess we'll see if he gets them at yeah. the Wells Fargo. But now the league has to deal with that. And now you're dealing, and, and both, you know, with Icon Vortex, another person who never would try to hurt somebody unintentionally. Right. So Vortex, like, and Vortex right. is like, you know, he's like the Czechoslovakian and Jesus, we call him. You know, that's what we call it. It's like, you know, because he <laughs> just the way he looks. And it's a, my, my wife's nickname for him. He's just he very. Like, and he, looks, he looks like gritty. He looks ridiculous and funny, but he is also just like a laid back type character. So there's yeah. no way that Voracek is. And he only has 21 pims on the season. He doesn't have a lot of pims. You know, in, his, in his career, I mean, the big one of the one of the drawbacks is he doesn't play physical. He should play right. physical. He's a strong guy. Um, yeah. No, let me. I, don't know. Let me, let me, I mean, those are my opinions. We can move on, but. Yeah. No. Okay. I want to look at the playoff races in the East. Yeah, because that's what I want to get into. And I, I, I'll ask this as an open question. Are the Florida Panthers in the race for a playoff spot? Yes. They have 72 points and 69 games. So they have 13 games remaining and they're, they are. 70- they're, in, they're in it. They're in it. However, no, they're not. See, this is what I mean. They are not in the race. They are not in the race. Well, I was using that as an example to I'll say. I'll call them up and they'll just forfeit the rest of the way. No, well, but. 
<laughs> Jesus. I'm, but I was using that as an example to say that the Philadelphia Flyers, who are who played They're one last game and are and are two points ahead of them, are yeah. also not in this no. race. No, 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 no. Damn it! Hold on, hold on. Act, mm. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Lately, on radio and other outlets in Philly, they are saying, "Well, the Flyers are just five points out of the playoffs behind Columbus." What happened to Montreal? They have to still be yeah. better than Montreal, too. Like, this is the selective thinking now that we are going up against, and you're not helping. Uh, but the, the, we're not going up against anything. <laughs> I, 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 okay, I saw one of the guys who does this, this, this thing, you know, that we talk about the 5% chance and all that stuff. And I saw I them interviewed. Saw one of them interviewed. And they said, that's because, you know, when a person is this many points out with this many teams ahead of him at this point in the season, it's, 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 it's a 5% chance. All right. So, I I went through that and I'm like thinking to myself, this is this is crazy because he's not at all looking at who these teams are playing. Like you're not at all looking at what schedule is being looked at in the one I look at. But not well because and not, and also not well in terms oh, of the fact oh, that it does change. It yeah, you know, it constantly changes, but you also have to look at how teams play against. I have 24 factors in my thing, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but no, um, it's not ridiculous. <laughs> but there's 24 things, and I don't want to give them all away because some of them are pretty damn cool. Oh, so they are. Is this no, like the upper recipe? I mean, come on. Yeah, they're unique. I'm telling you. What is the secret sauce on a Big Mac? But I'm going to give you guys a little hint here into, into some things. Okay, so okay. right now, people were laughing at me. No thanks to you, folks. <laughs> this weekend. Um, about this because I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go through here and I'm like, okay, this is the Flyers. Now I had the Flyers finishing and I'm not oh, this again. I'm using the Flyers as a crazy example. I wish it wasn't my team. All right. Because it's just like, but if you go back to the last three years with the Flyers, three years ago, my thing had them missing the playoffs at the trade deadline and they were in the playoffs at the time. Last year it had them making the playoffs. They were out of the playoffs at the time. Those two years were right. This year it has them making the playoffs. I mean, just barely. Granted, there's you're not talking about, you know, this is not a runaway situation here. Well, the, but, it can't be. No. This is what you have to look at. The schedule. You have to look at the schedules, guys. Columbus in their next. Okay, so the teams, the team, so as of now, as of now, let me bring this up. Two teams they're chasing. Two. Right. They're chasing Montreal and Columbus. Here, right. here, here is that, the, here. Either of those teams. Montreal, Montreal, did you see the Montreal game against um Anaheim, oh my word! I mean, they got they got smoked just ridiculously. Now, the they smoked a couple games ago too. Oh, yeah, no, they did, and they will. They'll get smoked again against Washington. Um, so before that game, I had them finishing in the final wild card spot. But before the and I had the Flyers losing to the Islanders the other night. That was part of the that was part of them still making the playoffs. They beat the Islanders, so that actually pushed them up in my standings because you know the only time my standings change is when something happens that it shouldn't. You know, if everything happens that it should, my my final standings stay as they are. I, I think I think the Islanders – I think that the Flyers, the only team they have a legitimate chance to catch would be Carolina because they play Carolina home and home twice. Or they play them two games in the last four of the season. Yes. If they stay within four points of them, they might have an outside shot of beating them if they beat them both games and catching them. But right now, you look at their schedule – you look at their schedule. I'm going through the schedule. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show. I'm going to take Pete. You're going to go behind the fourth wall for a second into my predicting thing, and you'll see a little bit of something here. Okay, well, so but, well, let me let me let me just say that before before you do because I saw you tweet out your projected list yesterday. You didn't have the Flyers in one of the two wild cards. You had the Flyers in third place in I know. the Metro. I know. Believe me, uh, I, it, it's absolutely. Bonkers. This but is like moneymaker kind of stuff. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Let's go through this, this for a second. Pyramid right? scheme. No, 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 and I don't even know what they mean because my wife. Well, I told her what. Let's, let's not put the listeners to sleep. Let's just. No, I'm know. not going to. I'm not going to. I'm just going to show you the flyers. Are you guys see this? Okay, the flyers remaining schedule for a second. Okay, so I'm going to try to focus where we are. Okay, so Ottawa here. Okay, their next their game tonight is against Ottawa. Right. You know, that's a, that's two points. This this has how many points they get out of that particular game, okay? Has that been updated without Voracek? Yes, it has. Okay. There's an injury factor in here. Okay. Um, this Washington game, okay? 
This is um the 14th, right? That is – it has them two points in that game. That you're gonna ask, <laughs> Why the hell could they get two points in that game, right? They're not going to. If I showed you the the different the caps are coming into back to back to back, there's all kinds of things, and the Flyers' record what, against okay. the Capitals. What what do they have? What do you have for them playing? They because they play Toronto on it's Toronto and, and and in Toronto, and there's there's factors. This this number here, I can't tell you what these. They're are not mean, winning both those games. They're not. No, I don't. I don't think they're going to win all these games either. Listen, the only game I have them losing outright the rest of the way is St. Louis. That seems. <laughs> I say that seems almost impossible. Okay. But there are, but like you say here, there's, there's Toronto, there's Washington, there's Carolina, there's Chicago, there's the Rangers. The only, um, the only thing, I'll, the only thing I will get, the only thing I will I give them, the only thing that will give them is that they play enough teams that they're chasing head to head that they have chances to gain. And they have and most of those teams, they actually in the places they're playing them, in the situations they're playing them, have had really good records. Like, and it's very situational to how many. If a team's playing the third game in four nights, if the team is, if the team has injuries, things like that, or if, or certain goal, you know, because the Flyers, when a team, when the Flyers are playing a team, and this works for them, a team that is playing on back-to-back nights, the second night, and that team on the on the night before is playing a game that's more meaningful to them. The Flyers are seeing backup goalies. And things like that are happening too. Sure, that's, that's true. But again, how are they playing well against Washington? They just got smoked again. I mean, they're gonna get smoked again. Right. No, it, it's very listen, it's it's totally possible. I, I don't you know, I don't think they're gonna win all those games either. But I think that when you look at the teams around them, okay, also Columbus. Okay, Columbus here. I'm looking at Columbus for a second now. Okay, so Columbus coming up here. They have um they have the Islanders tonight. That's a, but I actually haven't beaten the Islanders, and I have them beating Boston. Is you would think that that's ridiculous, right? All right. Yeah. I'm telling you. No, no, yes. Yeah. Everybody, everybody raise your hand. Yes. I know. But right now, four nights into this, okay? And I've had a lot of crazy predictions. You know what our record is? 27 wins and 9 losses to to my to this. I mean, the two nights, first night, nine and two, two nights ago, nine and three. Like we are, uh, there, there's so many more factors. So all I'm saying is I'm not saying I'm right here, although I am. But <laughs> what I'm really saying here is that this whole thing of five percentage points out and stuff like that, there's more to it than they're giving credit to. There's no, it's a five percent like years yeah. and years trying to figure this out. Now, I'm not saying I'm always right, but last year, I did take screenshots this year and last year of my final playoff spots versus the, like, I think it was, um, I forget the one that I was using last year. Sports club stats. Yeah, sports club stats. Thank you. And I was so much closer to the final standings than they were at the trade deadline. There's just more to this. Now, I'm not saying at all, at all that, you know, that, that this is absolutely going to happen. I'm just saying that well, right now, every individual game breaks out pretty well for the Flyers in really, for, for really weird ways. And Columbus well, and Montreal, not so much. Well, let, let, let's let's flip to the other conference because I think that's actually is more more interesting because um, right now St. Louis is in third place in the in the Central with seventy nine points, but Russ they lost Tarasenko and it sounds like it's something fairly serious because they're not even going to look at basically to say we will look at it in ten days and see how long he's going to be out. That's their big you know that's their number one score and he's been playing really well since they got on track. I will I will preface this though. I yeah. watched that guy score three goals. I think three goals have four points with a separated shoulder. Right. It's going to take a lot for him not to play. Well, I mean, they say he's not going to play for at least 10 days. Right, which means he'll probably be playing in the playoffs. Right, but but the question is now they have 79 points. The two wildcard teams are in their division, Dallas 75, Minnesota 74, whether they can continue at the pace that they're continuing at right now without Tarasenko. I mean, they're going to roll, they're going to have to rely even more on Bennington and Allen and, you know, some secondary scoring to be able to stay in comfortably in third place. Um, but the interesting, the interesting thing here is wildcard Dallas 75, Minnesota 74, Arizona 73 and Colorado 72. I mean, I mean, this is going to go down to the last game. Yeah, really? but I think, I think St. Louis will make it because their tandem is figured out. Bennington's taking the load. Allen now in relief is doing well. I mean, Bennington's 16-3. and three. If you want to give two or three of those wins to Tarasenko, I, I, I'll give them to you. 
But I'm telling you, I think he'll still be fine down the stretch. Now, Peter, Winnipeg's going to have to play one of these wildcard teams. I know that if they had, if they could choose, the one they don't want to play is Minnesota. Yeah. They is can't there any? Is there them. any one of those? Is there, is there any one of those other four that they would like to? Other three that they'd like to avoid: Dallas, Arizona, or Colorado. Now, Colorado, Colorado, by the way, lost Landeskog, yeah. and he's out for four to six weeks. So that I, I think I think the Jets would be happy to run. They'd run with the Colorado. I think they'd run with um, Dallas. Um, what was the other one again? It's uh, Dallas, Minnesota, Arizona, Colorado. I have no problem with Arizona either. I, I think, and frankly, I think in a series, um, they'd be okay with Minnesota. It's just that Minnesota seems to have had their number this year, and the Jets think they can kind of cruise against Minnesota, and they just don't. But I think they'll wake up and figure that out. Yeah. Um, I think the, the variable with Minnesota is is which Dubnik shows up. Well, he's been good lately, so that yeah, right. So by the time the playoffs roll around, what's there? <laughs> like it's yeah, just that's yeah. the whole thing with Dubnik. No, I think I think you're getting him locked in at the right time of the season. Like he wasn't yeah. locked in by the All Star break, but I think Dubnik will be locked in for the playoffs. I do. Yeah. I think it'd be a hard series if they had to play him. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be too. And I, heck, I, I know we talked about this on Friday. Um, I can't remember a team that is leading a conference that, to, in my mind, is more vulnerable than the Calgary Flames because their forwards are great. They probably have a defenseman who's going to win the Norris, and I have absolutely no confidence in their goaltending to the point that if I'm in a fantasy hockey pool, I'm not taking Flames. I'm I'm they afraid they have a horrendous schedule the rest of the way. Like they, yeah. they are really. I mean, I. My thing has San Jose taking the taking the division pretty easily, like you know, because because just the way it plays out, it, it's really yeah. I agree, Calgary's in a tough spot, you know. And if the, if San Jose gets Carlson back, then I think San Jose. Yeah, is, I mean, San Jose's gearing up. I mean, you can see you know, the, the the reality of of making the playoffs in both conferences is I think if if it's like San Jose, it's, if it's San Jose and Winnipeg atop the in the West, and if it's Washington and Tampa atop in the East. No one's going to beat any of those four teams. I mean, I honestly feel that way. I, I, I think, I mean, the Capitals, you look at what the Capitals are doing right now, it's craziness. I mean, they really are. Like, if I could change those picks that Philly isn't being the Capitals, I would, but it's just friggin' math or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think the Capitals, if I was to make a prediction, I'm telling you the Caps are winning those games, you know? All, and I'm not saying the Flyers make the playoffs. All I'm saying is that right now there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. But to say there's not a chance, that's I, I still would put it at personally, if I had to put a percentage on it, 25% chance, maybe 20%, <laughs> but not five, not five, not five, because there's you know, I'm still because well, like or, or or nine, it's not going to go to 25. No, but, but no, because Columbus and Montreal, they're not shoe ins. I mean, those both those teams are not shoe ins. Carolina's still, Carolina has a hellish schedule, too, and I, I know Carolina's doing really well. The Islanders fall out of it altogether. How do you know the Flyers are beating Ottawa? Without Voracek, how oh, you do you don't know? know? You don't know. Of course, you don't know any of this. I don't know anything. I'm just saying, based on history, okay. that's all it's good. <laughs> yeah, that's all I need to hear. Thank you. But the other thing I want to throw out there that's really kind of people don't realize that Edmonton. <laughs> no, don't don't go there. In the playoffs. Oh my God! Come on. They, they have a shot. They have no shot. They do. They're seven points behind Minnesota, and they oh. are horrible. Zero. But, oh, but come on, zero. Uh, come on. <laughs> you guys are not looking at all a, the We need a mathematical oh, intervention I'm, here. No, I'm, I'm saying, listen, and I'm – I get – sugar dips? Please you understand okay? the difference. Please understand the difference between me saying they're going to make the playoffs and them saying they're going to have a shot, okay? Because I am not saying that the Flyers or the Oilers are going to make the playoffs, okay, at all. Eklund does OD on take a boost. No, no. I wish I had some. <laughs> I could use some. No, no. Come but all on. I'm saying is that the fact – there's a whole concept of that we have to be like in sports today that is, these days that we have to say there's no chance in the world is ridiculous. Is Chicago still in the playoff race? Yes. Not not really. No. No. Honestly, well, no. They have the same amount of points and the same amount of games. I know, but it, it, you know, I I have them finishing with 85 points and Edmonton finishing with 91. There's a difference there, you know. Like it's like, I mean, so Edmonton, you know, I mean, 91 Edmonton, points won't, but it'll get them close. They have. Edmonton has 14 games left. Yep. And they're going to get 24 points 
That mean that means that means going twelve and two down the stretch. Doesn't mean that based on the history of these teams and 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 the other things. It's not saying it's going to happen, but it's saying that game by game, it could. Well, anything can happen. Like I know, but it, you know, that, I mean, but if you were to just take all of the numbers thrown together game by game, they have a real legitimate shot. And the way their schedule is spaced out, and the way if, their travel is, if you take that, this, I also but, if take, factor. but if you take their points at sixty-seven, they have fourteen games left. So yeah. maximum amount of points they can get is twenty-eight, and they need right. twenty-one points to get to ninety-one. Tw- Twenty-four right. points. They need to go oh, twelve. Sorry. 12, 12 points. Sorry. Twelve so, and two. Hold on. Yes. No, I know. The, theoretically, it can happen, but we're not. Yes. We're we're worried about probability. So, what changes Edmonton into an eight fifty winning percentage? Now? <laughs> like that's what you have to ask. Yeah, I know. What changes yeah. that? Because it's how, not who the opposition is. How does it, how does it has nothing to do with it? Peter, this is how it happens. This is how it happens. They sabotage the planes of their of their fourteen opponents. They all crash and they win by default. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can't happen. It, 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 it honestly can't. Incredibly happen. unlikely, obviously. Right, but, but well, you, you, you got to remember what. I got to go answer it. If What's they win, that? like Bigfoot's at my front door. I got to. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if they, I mean, the way my thing works, you know, they they could lose if they lose like one game that could drop off drastically all of a sudden. Hey, it's know, a Loch Ness monster. No, <laughs> your thing ain't working. <laughs> Look, we'll let's, let's hold on, but let's let's play let's play this game for a bit because it's kind of fun. Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of fun. So let's go down the Eastern Conference. Oh, okay, right. Buffalo has played the exact same amount of games as Edmonton. They have 69 points. Will they make the playoffs? Right. No. 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 So Philadelphia might, and they have but seven looking, more points. You're just looking at the points. You're not looking at like who they're playing in different situations. I'm not are. worried about who they're playing because you can't control who you play. No, but that, you play. You play easier. You look at what you're doing. There's no question about that. Look at what the teams are playing on an individual basis. You have to then decide – can they be something they haven't been all season now with only good, like good, right? Like you, you can't just right. decide all of a sudden they go to a, 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 an eight fifty winning percentage out right. of the blue. Like it doesn't work that way. Well, okay. Like they right. may have a chance, but and Carol, but Carolina did that, and it, it shouldn't work that way. But Carolina yeah. suddenly was winning with a nine hundred percentage. Mathematically, is Flyers it were winning at a nine. Mathematically, is it possible? Yes. Looking at the team that I saw play against Toronto on Saturday and saying that that team's going to win twelve of fourteen again, I have a better chance of dating Nicole Kidman than 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 that happening. So forget it. It's over. It's done. <laughs> Uh, man, well, we, know, hey, always, we will see. We will see. We'll we, see who's right and who's wrong. Oh, I'm God. incredibly confident. We don't have to wait on this one. We don't even have to wait. I am, you know what? It'll be more to talk about for every 23 show. And, or whatever it is, 23 you know what, guys, I think what we should do tomorrow is we should all come in with all the teams on the outside of the wild card spots, and we should all do our ranking of where they finished. Yeah. Okay? Two wild card teams. And then and and everyone to the bottom of each conference. How will you do that, right, Peter? That's my question. Let's do, our, let's do a rank. Let's do a little rank. See where we think everyone's going to finish tomorrow, and, and put it all down and see who's closest. Okay, how, how will we do, do it? Look at it and say, I think that's where they're going to finish, or where you go game by game. You you can no 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 where they're going to finish. You can however your methodology how is, you is up to you. Based on based on our expertise as hockey, based on our where you acumen as hockey expertise. Maybe maybe some teams <laughs> are playing you know great teams in the rest of the way. Some teams are playing terrible teams. Uh, I'm, I'm, not not doing that. I'm not doing it. I, okay, I, Russ, you, it shouldn't take longer than five minutes. I don't. I no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Why? Because you're afraid that I'm right. No, I'm That's why. It's just it's an exercise in futility. I'm not yeah, doing. I'm gonna break no, out my. Well, well, that's interesting. I'm gonna okay. break out my Karnak turban, and and yeah. predict the utility. Yeah. Wow, boom, ba. Yeah. I'm with you. What does it mean? What does the sheep make when it explodes? 
<laughs> this is all that people care about right now is who makes the playoffs. I mean, this is what we have. To, I mean, this is not a futility exercise. This is this is a, this is this is what's important right now. I say to people every day who's going to make the playoffs and who isn't. I'm not going through it again. Every <laughs> day I tell people. All right, but you know that's good. That's your job. You should do it every Fires day. Fires won't make the playoffs. Done. Edmonton <laughs> won't make the playoffs. Done. Not that it's. I mean, I'm, listen. You're not going. You're not going on a limb. Going on a limb saying the well, Flyers. Let's just say this. I've been saying that the Flyers are done for two months. I know so, you have. So, so I'm not about to change my course. Uh, three and a half weeks before the end of the regular season, they're done. And if they're not done, if they wouldn't make the playoffs, then uh, then the bigger fool am I. But you know what? I'm not wrong. They're not like, making the playoffs. They're only going to lose five games in January and February in the early part of March. You would be like, oh, that's that's okay, ridiculous. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you privy to a conversation that Mike and I had earlier. Here's the the, the thing about it: first okay. half of the season, they were the worst team in the league. Second half of the season, they're the best team in the league. Correct. They don't make the playoffs as a result. You can't do that in this league. Right. That's what they're proving. You're, you're, listen, if everyone's going to bet, your side is way easier to take. It's way it's easier. Not, it's not my side. It's what's happening. Yeah, it's realize, reality. That's the thing. It's what say, when Columbus won, it negated all the Flyers winning. Columbus wins five more games. The Flyers would have to win double that just to gain on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I Columbus mean, is a train wreck, and the Columbus schedule they play Boston and Pittsburgh. They can't beat either they of those. Beat Pittsburgh. Teams. They just beat Pittsburgh barely, yes, but they they oh, haven't beaten Boston in like three years. They beat Pittsburgh four to one. Yeah, I know, but they lost to Pittsburgh two nights before that, right? So, you know, and then Boston they haven't beaten in years. They play. I mean, Columbus's schedule is horrible. They played Nashville. And then Nashville's going to be battling for something. Well, I mean, they're talking the Islanders tonight, and the Islanders look like garbage the last couple of games. Yeah, but the Islanders are. This is like a huge game for the Islanders. I mean, this right, is a time right the then, so you probably figure it's a lock, but it's not. No, I think Columbus is going to win tonight. I do, but I still don't oh, think they're going to make. And I think Columbus is going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I, mean, I think Montreal is going to miss the playoffs. Okay, that's that's who I, I think. Okay, but they're already out. Yeah, I think I think Montreal and or and Montreal, see, the other two well, teams. Saying, I think you think Carolina's going to fall out and the and the Flyers will get in last day of the season again. That's really what you think. No, I think we, the we, Islanders actually could fall out. If honestly, we'll, we'll, we'll continue the this debate. Going to fall out? They could. We'll continue this debate tomorrow. But Boychuk's uh, loss is a huge loss for them. Yeah, but it's not for the year. Not but at least year. No, but, but, okay. but the Islanders, I mean, if you, you know, you've watched the Islanders play lately. I mean, come on, they're sure, but they're not falling out of the playoffs. But uh, we have, we Price, you can't stop at beach ball. I mean, they need they need Tom Leonard back. In whoa, the whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. No, so stop <laughs> right okay, Russ, Russ, Russ wants to say something about Harry Hall before I we do. end. I just, yeah, I do. it's. I was on New York radio yesterday and they were pegging me like, where do, where do we have him in the Ranger book? And I said, top 25. And then they said, it's gotta be better than that. I'm like, sure. Top 15. I did look it up. It's it's number 10. And he, he really was tremendous. He's got his number retired in the garden, but he's a better guy. And so the yeah. best two stories I can give you is I got signed to do a book signing for the hundred Ranger greats in Toronto at chapters. And we had Pat Hickey signing with us. So Pat Hickey calls me the day of, and goes, hey Russ, is it okay if I bring my OHL coach to the signing? And I'm, you know, honestly, I'm thinking in my head, I don't know, like what, what's he thinking? Like who's his OHL coach? But me, I'm a good guy. I'm like, sure, Pat, bring him. He goes, okay, it's gonna be me and Harry Howell. And don't worry, you don't have to pay Harry. He's just gonna come because he just wants to get out of the house and he loves doing these kinds of things. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I sit for, for three hours with with Pat Hickey and Harry Howell and. You know, Howell was like so worried about like in this book where his teammates were ranked. He looked where he was, but he also wanted to look where his teammates were. And he talked about, he actually talked about when he played for the Kings, it was before the real boom for real estate in, in Hollywood. And so he actually had a house out there and he made a lot of money on that. He talked cool. about that. He talked about a lot of different things. And the, the guy smiled the whole time. He laughed the whole time. And I know his family a little bit. I know his daughter, Cheryl, who's a great person. It's really funny. Like, the guy just had an air about him. He was always, like, properly dressed. He was a gentleman. He just – he was such a good ambassador for the game. That's all. It was just – it's awesome. really he's really going to be missed. 
I love how, how we have some of these. We really are fortunate. And it's amazing when you think about it that in hockey, we have some of these guys who have last, who are living into their 80s, you know, like some of these like serious, I mean, they, they played a, they played a tough sport, you know, yeah. to, with getting beaten up a lot. And it's like, and yet they have all these guys like. And he talked who, about that because he was the only Norris Trophy winner before or since yeah. the Bobby Orr era, like, cause then Orr won it every year. That was still living. And still was still living. And and he right. talked about that, the beating he used to take because he could have been more of an offensive defenseman, but they were asking him to play a different role in those days. You know, one of the most interesting things to talk about when you talk, well, get going after this, but when you talk to guys of that era, you know, and we have Scoop in Philadelphia, who's oh, yeah. really, who has like unbelievable knowledge about this stuff. Knows everything. Is that, is that, you know, when those guys were playing back in the original six days, their, their choice often, you know, what, what has not been written enough about is the players that played in the AHL during that period of time because there were a lot of AHL quality players. Did Mike just have a heart attack and pass out because of my Flyers thing? Maybe. Mike, you all right? <laughs> He's fine, right? He just left for a second. I don't know. I guess he He's had enough. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> he was just fixing something, I believe. I think I might have just killed him off. Sorry about that. Um, no, but you know what they said is in the AHL, <laughs> you scared us, Mike. What? I just had to, I had to go to answer the door. No, it's funny because I saw you kind of, it kind of like the way you went off was like this. And I'm like, did no, he just I just turned. Turn. I just turned. Well, you passed out because of my Flyers thing. It just got you too much. The Robin Leonard thing was too much for you and everything just, that was it. All right. No, but the thing about the, that this era, the original six was the AHL and the NHL were not that far apart. Right. And and the money was not that different. Actually, some players made more in the AHL. Johnny yeah, Bauer, the Bears back then could have played yeah. against the Blackhawks and 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 Rangers, and and people just but people who had a family and were raising their family in Hershey, who even if an NHL team came calling, they would often be like, "No, it's not worth it to go yeah. for another couple thousand dollars a year, like literally maybe twenty five hundred dollars more a year to go play in New York." When I'm living in Hershey, loving my life, and 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 you know Hershey's a cheap place to live. So the AHL back then was really good. I give you one better, Eck. The Montreal Canadiens offered Hobie Baker twenty five thousand dollars to sign with them, but he was working for Shearson Lehman on Wall Street and said no. Yeah, <laughs> something. I mean, <laughs> Montreal Canadiens. He could have turned professional. He was the greatest college hockey player ever, and he said no because he had a better job on Wall Street. The money wasn't good back then, and the I mean, and you know, and the, the reality is they all had other, they all had second jobs. Like, yeah, you know, the NHL and the AHL guys. I mean, even even some of the stars. You know, it took it was until like the '60s, I think, from what I understand. Like even in the early '60s, but late '50s, where people were still holding on on, on jobs in the off season to make ends meet. You know, they couldn't they yeah, couldn't take the off season. Baseball cards used to be funny. It'd be like you know, if it was Tom Seaver, it would be like, well, Tom sells insurance in the off season. Right. You know, like it's right. on the cards. Yeah, and then that's Tom freaking Seaver. You know, like um, he, wasn't, he wasn't one of them. He did make a lot of money, but there are plenty of guys that it does. Yeah, players, it was absolutely true, and it's it's yeah. fascinating. Like some of his AHL teams were probably pretty good, and you know they never got to compete with. And, it, and it's really surprising because in this day and in, in this age and era, you know, they would have had like those teams play against each other once in some kind of like special tournament or something like that. But yeah, it would have been fun to see like the Hershey Bears back then play like the Boston Bruins. Because it would have been interesting. I mean, the, the Hershey Bears are a hundred-year-old franchise, right? It's something they're ridiculous like that. Franchise. They're... Yeah, they're they're crazy. There were the Philadelphia. There were Philadelphia. The Blazers are back. You know, I have the jersey back there. I mean, these old some of these old teams were crazy. Um, were crazy popular. All right, all the time we have. All the time we have. But um, thanks guys, and thanks for uh, and thanks again. Just to be clear, I'm not saying these teams are going to make the playoffs. No wagering. Not next. You know, I'm just saying. That it's possible, and and I'm I'm tired of people saying that it's not possible. Like Mike, <laughs> and and will you guys promise me one thing that if the Flyers or the Oilers make the playoffs, you'll never question me again? No, <laughs> not, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. All right, remember that the buzz is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.